Mayor Weingarten is with us. He's preparing his uh, Israel show that will be on between 9 and 10 right after JM and the AM this morning. And he, of course, with millions of others, has been uh, watching very closely since Friday the developments in this story. And he always has interesting insight when it comes to news from Israel. Mayor, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you, Nachum. So, um, I'm sorry about that. What? No, go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things that we've learned uh, too often uh, in other situations, and obviously in the last couple of days, is don't believe everything you hear and or read that's coming out of Israel. It is difficult to figure out what's true in the news and what's not. Right, and, you know, it's, it's amazing that even in these times where you're dealing with such a emotional and difficult situation, you have people that are... Um, sending out um, phony uh, messages over the Internet, uh, whether it's the WhatsApp or other apps or uh, Facebook pages and so forth, uh, giving out erroneous information, and uh, it's just so hurtful to the families and to everybody who's involved. It's, it's beyond comprehension. So um, the um, spokesperson of the Israeli, uh, the spokesperson division of the Israeli army uh, put out a, a statement today saying, don't believe anything on the um, on the social networks, etc., unless it comes directly from the army. The general uh, gist uh, that I'm getting from uh, all the reports in Israel and all the reporters who are very well connected with the Shin Bet and, and the security forces in Israel is that it will still take another few days, that's their feeling, to get to the bottom of it, to... Uh, find the people who are responsible and hopefully find these three young men uh, alive and well. Um, there, there's a little less um, optimism, but um, that's, that's their feeling. That's the feeling that they have. Uh, Israel's also used this opportunity to um, do a lot of uh, clearing of the Hamas infrastructure in Yehudan Shamron, which is very strong. Right, and that's a that's very helpful for the future, obviously. Right, and don't forget that the Palestinian Authority uh, just sealed the deal with the Hamas not long ago, and yet the Palestinian Authority, Abu, you know, Abu Mazen, are not big fans of the Hamas. They're, they're the rival organization. When when Israel left Gaza and the Palestinian Authority took took over initially, it was the Hamas that, in a in a very bloody uh, uh, uprising. Uh, Revolta, whatever, took over Aza, and that's where we are today with Hamas shooting rockets at southern Israel because they uh, basically uh, took over Aza by force, throwing out the Palestinian Authority. So these are not two organizations that love each other. They hate each other, and on some level, Israel's doing the work for the Palestinian Authority. It must be said also that the Palestinian Authority is cooperating with Israel uh, on the security issues and giving Israel information uh, there, uh, I, people that are following may be aware of the fact that on Friday morning, the morning after this happened, a burnt-out car was found, uh, and it seems that it was very crucial and critical to the investigation, and that was given over to Israel by the Palestinian Authority. Mayor Weingarten with us. He'll be on between 9 and 10 with the Israel show. A lot, of course, uh, about what's happening with the three boys in Israel, or whatever is known about the three at this point, uh, Gilad, Naftali, and Dayal. Um, I asked this to Danny Danone. I don't know if he understood it from my perspective. He may have been thinking about it more from the Israeli perspective. But uh, you know, I'm demanding that those government officials 
those who serve in the United States Senate and the, and the United States House of Representatives, th- those who declare on a regular basis that they are, you know, guardians of Israel, they are the ones you could depend on in a situation like this. I'm demanding that it's time for them to make loud public statements uh, of outrage that this has happened in Israel. Um, and I think that that would have an effect on Washington. I ask you, from your perspective, if this kidnapping... If these kidnappings would have happened on the streets of Tel Aviv compared to the streets of Judea, uh, would there be, in your opinion, a different reaction from this side of the world? It's very interesting that it was just discussed um, in Israel. The um, One of the families, I think everybody knows, the Frankel family, um, their boy, Naftali, is an American citizen. Right. Uh, his mother uh, made Aliyah when she was uh, a young uh, woman, um, and... The American embassy uh, should have a concern about this, and it took three and a half days. It was only now that the um, members of the embassy staff came to visit the family and to speak to them. It's not clear what exactly they told them, if anything, of importance. But why did it take so long for them to show their concern for American citizens? And, of course, in Israel they were asking, does it have to do with the fact that no fire loan, which is where they live, it's a religious uh, um, um, community. Uh, no fire alone is uh, straddles the quote unquote green line. And as far as America is concerned, half of that community is in what they call occupied territories. So does that have something to do with the fact that it took three and a half days for the American representative to come show concern for its citizens? And yeah, where where is the American media? I don't know. I don't know. Where are the American politicians? I don't know. Yeah, I just uh, the 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 silence from that group, those that always claim to be there for Israel, is unbelievable. And I cannot believe that our own Jewish leaders are not demanding more of them at this time. I especially thought that over the weekend, a time that um, uh, that many of them use. Uh, to make public statements and to, mm-hmm. and to bring different topics to the fore. I thought this would be a golden opportunity to speak up. I do remind everybody that prayer gatherings, Tehillim gatherings continue, including the one in New York City today at 42nd Street and 2nd Avenue opposite the Israeli Consulate. Try your best to be there at 1230 this afternoon. Uh, demonstrations of live physical support are always important. And, uh, Mayor, you've been following the news from Israel. You hear what the parents and families say. Uh, them knowing that people are with them in this way throughout the entire world is very encouraging to it, it helps them so much. First of all, I'm amazed uh, at the strength of the, of the families. And um, later during the Israel show, we are going to broadcast um, the, the statements by two of the mothers, um, uh, uh, Gilad's mother and Naftali's mother, um, especially Naftali's mother, the strength that she showed when she spoke yesterday uh, for the, basically her statement for the people of Israel and, and both parents was basically one of thanks. we thanking everybody and their concern for the soldiers that are out there looking for them, for the Shabaknikim, for, for, uh, for everybody, literally. I mean, it was amazing to see how in this moment where I can't imagine how they're functioning at all, they're able to get up and stand there and, and, and show this uh, a level of, uh, of concern for others. And, you know, they were talking in Israel about the fact that these are very special families. You know, these are religious families, deep religious families who have tremendous uh, faith, and the, the prayers help. 
you know, there's a morning show there, you know, just like they have in America and Israel. Uh, one of the popular morning shows is hosted by um, one, of the, one of the hosts. His name is Avri Gilad, um, very well known in Israel. Very, uh, I don't think there's a person in Israel who doesn't know that name. Um, and he is declared that he doesn't believe. He's a non-believer. And yet, this morning on his show, he put on a kippah, and he invited Rav David Stav from Rabbanate Zohar wow. to come into the studio, and he said, the parents want us to daven, and we're going to daven. And he said, I want everybody, you know, if you, if you, if you could connect to this, let's all do this together. And Rav David Stav got up and read a parrot to healing, and at, under the screen they had the, the at each pasuk as it was being read by Rav Stav, was uh, broadcast, you know, uh, with all the, with, even with the Nekudot, so that everybody could read it properly and say it along. And it was so touching, because I'm saying to myself, here is a person who says, I don't believe. And yet, in these moments, the, the, the Jewish aspect of the Jewish state, it just will come out and be so strong, so powerful, I'm thinking about all the people watching at that moment who are connecting, who are davening together, people that maybe n- never read a Parakhtahilim in their life, who suddenly are, are, are awakened to this. It and, is and who knows what in their neshama is awakened. The Upper West Side community tonight at 745 at Manhattan Day School, just one example of community gathering in support of the uh, kidnapped Gilad, Naftali, and Ayal. Uh, that's happening tonight. Many sponsoring shuls and organizations in the Upper West Side. It happens with Mincha beginning at 745 at Manhattan Day School on West 75th Street. Tonight we keep reminding everybody that today in Manhattan at 1230, a chance to demonstrate support and, of course, to pray together for Gilad, Naftali, and Ayal. Uh, that's happening in uh, New York City at the Israeli Consulate, 42nd and 2nd. We are calling upon all public officials, government officials, especially those who pride themselves on supposedly being there for Israel in times of need, to come out, make a statement, show some guts, and tell Washington that especially because an American citizen is involved, they need to get involved and get involved in an aggressive manner to save these three boys. Uh, Mayor, there was a, uh, a letter written by Rav Steinzaltz. We all know that uh, Makar Chaim is his yeshiva. Anything of note in that letter that uh, that he uh, transmitted to the Jewish world in the form of a message in light of this episode? Yeah, um, it, it's very interesting. The two of the, the, the two younger boys, the 16-year-olds, are students in Makar Chaim. Um, you know, he writes, I'm trying to find the Hebrew version of it. Uh, here it is. Um, he writes that, um, that, that in the Gemara, in the Talmud, there's a description of the, the times of Mashiach, you know, the times of redemption that we're living in now, as we, you know, the Ikvesa, the, the, the Mashiach, however you uh, want to describe it. And he says that the Gemara describes it as, that during those times, Things will be so bad that we'll have no one to rely on but our Father in Heaven. And he says that that Gemara is uh, is a Gemara of despair. That that's not. He says that's not said as a positive way. It's said in in a in a uh, emotion of despair. We would we would be happy 
if we had something practical that we could do. But this is the situation we're in. I mean, those that can do are doing. And the rest of us, we, uh, we, we, we daven. Uh, I think one of the things that he, that he points out also, which I found very interesting, is he said that, you know, in past, in Jewish history, um, we were in much worse situations. We were in situations, you know, we think about Eastern Europe, where so many of us can connect to the thoughts of Eastern Europe, how many kids were kidnapped, and, and we were powerless. So this is horrific. But look what we have. And right? yet we're not powerless. Ah, unbelievable. Uh, I'm sure you've seen some of the photos from inside Yeshivat Makar Chayim. Yes, yes, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking is right. When you think about these, they're 16 years old, you know, they're high school kids that and went th- throughout their, their days, they're preparing for their tests, and everything is just perfect, and then... And in description for people who've never been there, um... The, the the place, the intersection, the area from where they were kidnapped is the center of many Jewish communities in the Gush Etzion well, area. A lot of people in our community are familiar with Efrat. Efrat is a city. It's not, not, not just a community. Efrat is a big city. Efrat is uh, just a bit south of that intersection. Alon Shvut, where the Yeshiva, uh, Yeshiva Haritzion, which we all know as the Gush, is uh, in Alon Shvut, which is just uh, down down the road from that intersection. It is a major intersection. It is an intersection where um, uh, people are constantly uh, hitching rides, and it is very well, um, you know, populated. Obviously, at that moment, it was not well populated. But um, it, it, anyone who who knows anything about you, the area of Yehudan. I mean, you're talking about, by the way, the, the place that they were kidnapped from is approximately 15 minutes from, by car from Yerushalayim. Right. We're not talking about some far-flung, you know, an hour into, into some uh, Arab territory. 100% a very Jewish area, many different Jewish cities, as you just described right there, and as you just said, very close to the city of Jerusalem. 16 minutes before 9 o'clock. At 9 o'clock this morning, Mayor Weingarten will have more coming up on the Israel show regarding what's happening uh, in Israel. Um, I, I asked, I mean, we, we mentioned this earlier, and, uh, you know, we want positive news. We want it as soon as possible. But as you just alluded to earlier, there's no indication of, uh, we, we have no idea what to expect today. We just have, we have no idea if we're going to be hearing anything of any value uh, in terms of news today. Right. Um, as I said, the indications are that uh, it'll take a few days, and um, as they say, the operating, uh, um, the default operating premise is that the, that the boys are alive, right. uh, that, and, and that has to be the premise until we know otherwise. By the way, someone mentioned to me that it's not just the United States and this area, uh, and this area is, uh, as I said earlier, really filled with a lot of people whose eyes are toward Israel on a regular basis, but apparently Jewish communities around the world in many, many, many different countries are, uh, are also in this state of, uh, of, um, uh, of, uh, uh, care and concern. Thank you, where they're just, uh, don't know what to do with themselves and are gathering for prayer and right. for, for Tehillim and, uh, and hoping that their prayers in Tehillim are in fact uh, going to uh, 
eventually lead to a good result in this situation. Right. And uh, it's, uh, look, Jews around the world, we care about each other, and we live in a world where we know everything instantaneously that is happening in every place, and so we can connect uh, to each other in these difficult times and, and give each other strength, which we couldn't do in the past. You know, we live in a generation of instant everything. It has its good and has its bad. Uh, in this case, uh, it's the good because it unites everybody. Uh, it unites us in a way that um, we, we can help strengthen those that need our support, the families, these, these uh, three families. And, and the people of Israel in general. It's not just these three families that need our support. What do you know about this song we're about to play? It was recorded by one of the, uh, one of the boys yeah. who was kidnapped. Yeah, um, Eyal Yiftach. He's the oldest. He's the 19-year-old a student. Uh, he was a student in the uh, Mishinam B'nai David until very recently, and then he moved to, uh, to the Yeshivat Shavei uh, Hebron. Um, obviously, very talented musician. He wrote a song in honor of, I believe it was his sister's wedding, and uh, a few months ago, about two months ago, uh, went into a studio and recorded it, and um, I don't think we would have heard it if not for these circumstances. His friends yesterday um, released it to the world in order to give the world a sense of who their friend is through this song. It's a, it's a beautiful song, uh, the words from Shir Hashirim. It is, it is eerie. And, and emotionally heart-wrenching because um, the words include bikashtihu velometzatihu or bikashti velometzativ. I I have looked for him and have not found him, which is you know unbelievable. Yeah, and, and here um, and, and 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 I must say it's uh, you know this is him. He is he is he composed it and he is singing it and, and playing the guitar. And here's what it sounds like. Mayor, I thank you. We'll be listening 10 minutes from now at jmnam.org. Thank you. This is JM in the AM.
A song by Eyal Yifrach, one of the boys, as he's uh, now known. He uh, recorded that a couple of months back. We pray for the release of Gilad Naftali and Eyal in good health. And uh, we continue to pray, and I thank everybody who uh, continues to schedule prayer services, Tehillim gatherings, those who are going to be there today at 12.30 in New York City, thank you. 12.30 today, New York City. 42nd Street and 2nd Avenue for a prayer vigil on behalf of the three boys. 